0: Hello there. I'm Mark Tilley, journalist at Aspermont, and welcome to Energy in Focus with Energy News. Today, we're discussing the exciting developments happening across Australia's battery industry. Lithium-ion storage systems have been rising to prominence in recent years as governments and large energy users look at ways of shoring up electricity supply in grids and operations in a way that doesn't increase greenhouse gas emissions. The increasing global uptake of electric vehicles and home batteries is also expected to create a massive demand for not only raw materials, such as lithium and copper, but advanced refining and manufacturing industries. Deeper discussions and policy moves are underway to develop Australia's battery supply chains to leverage this growing demand, but before that can happen. Crucial policy regulations and research development must be put in place so Australia can put its best foot forward in the international race to capitalise on this booming industry. I'm joined today by Stedman Ellis, the CEO of the Future Battery Industry Cooperative Research Centre. Stedman, welcome to the programme. Thank you, Mark. Now, uh, before we get started, uh, Stedman, can you provide us uh, a brief snapshot of what the FBI CRC does and its involvement in the battery industry?
1: Yeah, so uh, uh, more than 60 industry participants, universities and state governments have come together with the Commonwealth to create this cooperative research centre, really focused on how Australia can leverage its strengths in mining to add value to its raw materials and how we can capture the opportunities further down the value chain in terms of the deployment of batteries and the environmental and economic benefits and the grid stability benefits they'll offer. So we've just completed our first full year of operations. Like everyone else, this has been uh, a year with unexpected challenges, Um, but we've had a very successful year. We've managed to um, attract new participants to the Cooperative Research Centre, so we're a growing group. Uh, we've, we're expecting by the end of this year we'll have approved 11 of the 15 initial research and development projects of the CRC, which spread across the value chain. And early this month, the Commonwealth just confirmed its, uh, its $25 million grant to the CRC based on a variation of our Commonwealth agreement. So, um, So it's been an exciting year. We're well positioned to help our participants really capitalise on the opportunities.
0: Yes, and we're going uh, to get into the uh, the international opportunities and uh, experience uh, a, a bit later. But uh, first, uh, we'd like to... Uh, well, we're going to talk about your flagship cathode uh, uh, manufacturing project in, in just a minute. But first, tell us a bit about how uh, cathodes fit into the lithium-ion battery manufacturing process.
1: Yeah, so the... Um, uh, so if I, if I exp- try and explain it in terms of segments in the battery value chain. Uh, people would be familiar, particularly in Western Australia, with the number of lithium mines we have. Uh, they might also be aware that we're now seeing investment in lithium hydroxide plants um, and in a nickel sulphate plant. So those are some of the purified battery chemicals that are needed in battery manufacture. The next step further along the value chain is to bring together those purified products, the nickel, the lithium, some cobalt, um, and make the engineered, the manufactured engineered pro- products, the precursor materials and the cathode materials that go into battery manufacture. And, and Australia is on the cusp of being able to make that step on the back of the successful commissioning of the Tianchi and Albemarle, and covalent lithium hydroxide plants currently underway.
0: FBI uh, CRC is planning to build uh, a cathode pilot plant uh, to process battery materials here in Perth. uh, With a final investment uh, decision for December for an announcement earlier in the new year, tell us uh, what the significance is of this project.
1: Yeah, so what we're doing, we've brought together about 15 industry participants, um, both significant national players like BHP, but also many smaller um, SMEs, some of the service providers and some of the international players in the battery chemicals industries like BASF, who's participating in the CRC. So we brought them together and what we're seeking to do is to repurpose the pilot plant at CSIRO's facilities that was used as the testing ground for the nickel sulphate plant currently under construction and commissioning in Kwinana. So we're going to repurpose that and use that as a demonstration pilot plant to show that Australia and WA in particular has the capability to produce technically and commercially the materials um, that could go further, that could take us another step down the value chain. So um, it's a significant um, potential uplift in value. The value of the precursor materials is between five to ten times the value of the nickel sulfates or the lithium hydroxide. So there's a very strong um, economic case for seeking to move downstream. The pilot plan is to demonstrate to um, those battery makers around the world that WA has the technical capability to do this work also, to demonstrate that we have the supply chains here, once BHP's nickel sulphate plant is commissioned, Tianchian, and Albemarle's lithium hydroxide plants will have the raw material supply chains needed. We'll just need to demonstrate that we can achieve the levels of quality and specification and that we can do it at a competitive price. So the intention is um, over the next three years we would demonstrate that at a pilot plant and that would be a stepping stone to what we hope would be industrial scale activity at somewhere like Quinana. Mm. And, and and we can see in terms of the West Australian government's future battery industry strategy, the specific search for a, um, a global advanced bat- battery materials manufacturer to locate some of their activities in Western Australia. So our pilot plant activity will be an important part are providing confidence that uh, WA is a good home for that investment.
0: Mm. Um, and tell us a bit about some of the uh, the international players who are perhaps uh, l- looking into this project and seeing, uh, kind of searching the field I suppose about what some of these opportunities are in Western Australia.
1: Yeah, so um, beyond BASF uh, participating in the project, DLG Batteries out of China is also participating in the project. You've got other large service providers like George Proxy, which is participating in the project. And then you've got a suite of mining companies ranging from, you know, uh, companies like Blackstone Minerals, which is partnering with um, an advanced battery materials in Korea. You've got the BHPs, clearly looking for an opportunity to move downstream. So um, at the moment, uh, you know, the international participants in the project of uh, DLG and BASF. But I think the, the scale of this project, once it commences, is going to draw further international attention to the capabilities Australia has and its ambition to move down the supply chain.
0: Mm. Uh, another project uh, that uh, the CRC is working on at the moment uh, is the National Battery Testing Centre in Queensland. Uh, Stemman, can you tell us a bit about this? Yeah,
1: so this is a project which is really focused on providing a comprehensive testing facility to really establish the performance of different kinds of batteries, also their safety and environmental environmental credentials, and, and their lifetime, the longevity of the batteries. That kind of data is really important for regulators in setting standards for batteries and hence supporting the uptake of batteries.
0: Would it not be easier to apply international regulation and standardisation models onto our products rather than rather than developing our own domestic model?
1: Uh, look, I think that's absolutely right. In, in many areas, um, you know, this, this profound shift to electrification is happening around the world, mm. in transport systems, in utilities, in people's homes. Um, absolutely, we're, we're a relatively small part of that global value chain at the moment. So um, we certainly should seek to borrow and learn from what others are doing, including in setting standards. And and, and I think we'll bring that knowledge into within an Australian context, actually being able to give regulators and government agencies confidence around the standards that have been set otherwise
0: and testing data from an Australian
1: environment that would support that.
0: Okay And uh, uh, how does a testing centre help uh, establish Australia in the international battery supply chain market? Yeah,
1: so I, I think the, the significance of the testing centre is if you look down if you look down to the um, what we can do to promote the uptake of batteries um, both domestically in our, uh, in our industry and in our utilities you need a good understanding of the performance of different types of batteries. Now, the lithium-ion battery, which has been popularised and is dominant in the automotive vehicle market, is not the only kind of battery that's available. There are many different kinds of batteries which potentially are available. And and if you think about what Australia might be able to compete for and where we might have a domestic market, um, Competing in the lithium iron battery manufacture market with gigafactories um, around the world uh, would, would be a challenging and competitive market for Australia to, type, uh, to enter. But if you look at large format batteries, like a potentially of an flow battery or, or other technologies that are emerging, and you look at the proposed uptake in our resource sector of batteries around electrification, Well, you look at at how many of us have put uh, solar panels on our roofs. Mm. And as we see the price of batteries fall, and it becomes attractive for people to put batteries in their garages, potentially, you've got a, you you may have a domestic market here that would support the manufacture of particular types of batteries that suit our requirements. So uh, coming back to the National Battery Testing Centre, what it will do is it will provide better information about the different kinds of batteries, particularly batteries that might be, um, you know, suit niche applications in Australia, where across our resource sector, the defence application, in our utilities, and potentially in our homes, we could see a large enough market that would warrant the development of the further development of manufacturing capability in Australia.
0: Mm. Uh, you touched on uh, electrification earlier. Uh, what are some of the sort of domestic applications that batteries can be applied to?
1: Yeah. So if, we, um, if I can pick two examples, Mark, I touched on the resource sector and mm. one of the reports we partnered in production was, was a recent report, a state of play on mine electrification by the consulting firm VCI. Now that found in the survey of mining industry participants That more than 87 percent expected in coming years to electrify their operations Mm -hmm. Um, both to reduce the carbon impact of their energy use but also to remove particulates and uh, deal with health issues particularly underground mines now when you consider um, energy use in australia the resource sector represents 10 percent of it about half of that's currently coming from diesel Um, And the other half is coming from a mixture of natural gas and off the grids. So the opportunity for battery uptake in that area um, is very, very significant. So the CRC has a couple of initial research research and development projects in that area looking to provide evidence that can support the business case for mobile equipment electrification, but also the establishment of microgrids in mining operations. So so I I think we see that as a very significant um, uh, leading edge of the take-up of batteries because the resource sector has got the capability to move quickly. They're driven by a desire to both... um, improve the reliability of their energy infrastructure but also reduce the environmental footprint and improve improve the health perspective so and and they're a large player in our economy so i think we can see big uptake occurring there in the short term Mm. Uh,
0: you touched upon uh the CSIRO report uh a bit earlier uh tell us a bit about the key findings of the report, Stadman.
1: Yeah, certainly, Mark. And maybe if I can just say, part of the reason we commissioned CSIRO to do this report was, first of all, we wanted to establish a bit of a baseline. Hmm. Um, Governments, particularly the WA government and the Commonwealth, are putting significant money into our cooperative research centre, as are the industry participants. So part of the, uh, the Uh, Purpose of the report was to say, well, where are we starting? Mm. What does it look like before we invest in this R and D program? So we can demonstrate the impact of that investment over the life of the CRC. It was also we felt important to have a credible, contemporary uh, analysis of Australia's capabilities and the competition which is going after this opportunity, as well as some commentary on the policy settings that might be necessary to enable growth. Now, um, you know, I, I think we, you know, we do dream that there is a once in a generation opportunity here. We're also conscious that we really need to bring a rigorous, credible economic case that can show governments and industry there is value in this investment. So this, the the CSIRO report, has you know provides, you know a a, um, a good assessment of the whole battery value chain in Australia. Um, perhaps not surprisingly, it notes that one of Australia's real strengths is that we have nine out of ten of the battery minerals, and that in an environment where countries around the world are trying to secure. Their raw material supply chains, and they're becoming increasingly interested in the sustainable and ethical dimensions of the product of products coming into their supply chain. Mm. Australia has a unique opportunity to leverage the interest in its raw materials mm. into investment that helps it value add. Now, um, the CSR report kind of observes that we're, we're on the cusp of a very significant step
0: that the... yes well I mean uh speaking of some of the figures uh for demand for, uh, for lithium demand for EV batteries uh, look astonishing I mean uh, the, uh, the the demand is expected to reach 425,000 tons uh per annum uh by 2030. Uh, Stedman how how does Australia go about leveraging uh this demand?
1: Yes, thanks, Mark. So,
0: so if I connected it to um,
1: the investment we currently see happening in WA by Tianchi, Albemarle, uh, BHP and covalent lithium, we see investment that's going to take us beyond the mining and uh, refining into the production of these purified battery chemicals. It, it's a stepping stone to that advanced battery materials product the engineered products that go into batteries that combine the combinations of uh, of nickel, cobalt and lithium um, for lithium batteries. Now, to bring that big number down to to something um, that's tangible and we seem on the cusp of potentially realising, the market for advanced battery materials, the precursor and cathode materials, in 2017 was worth $20 billion. Um, Australia participated in none of that. Right. So the opportunity that if uh, the pilot plant activities we're undertaking, if the incentive program that the state government has announced, are able to, uh, on the back of the successful commissioning of the existing nickel sulfate lithium hydroxide plants, mm. if we're able to take that next step, we'll become a participant in a $20 billion a year market just in the advanced battery materials. So so the CSIRO report points to that opportunity. It points as well to the battery assembly and manufacture activity in Australia. Uh, There are a number of small players in this space Mm. already. And um, there are clearly niche opportunities for high temperature remote batteries, and particularly with the the potential expansion of a domestic market where Australia could actually nurture and grow some of its own manufacturing capability.
0: The report mentions that uh, Australia has a lot of natural advantages uh, but it did say there were a few challenges to overcome. Uh, it notes uh, policy settings need to grow uh, in the industry to, and, and catch up and it's not really integrated uh, or strategic as those as in other countries. It also mentioned uh, the recycling element that you mentioned was uh, at, at the early stages. Uh, how do we how do we catch up, Stevan? Yeah,
1: so I, I think the um, you know an example that uh, that West Australians might be able to relate to, particularly if if you look at who the competition is. Uh, part of the competition exemplified by Finland, a country with only five million people, a GDP about a quarter of ours. And their government has just put 500 million US dollars into their state-owned mining company to try and move down the value chain to capture the same kind of opportunities Australia's had to. And Finland's an interesting comparison because it does have a strong mining industry and it's got a strong chemicals industry. So, So I think the CSIRO report kind of says there are a lot of other people around the world who see this opportunity and are going after it and they're going after it at scale and perhaps more strategically than the current policy settings in Australia. Now, uh, I think to be fair, the CSI report was finalised earlier this year. Since then, we've seen the federal government announce its modern manufacturing initiative, of which batteries are clearly one of the key enabling technologies. Similar with the um, technology investment roadmap for our energy system, and since then, we've seen the state government here in WA announce its incentive package to attract advanced battery materials manufacturers to the state. So I, I think we can see a shift occurring. There's a recognition. Um, I think the challenge for us is to, um, you know, to, to get below the surface of this once-in-a-generation gener- opportunity, and demonstrate that there is a strong economic case and we have the technical capabilities to move further and to do more and i you know so that that will be an important part of the the work of the cooperative research center Uh, i think we'll earn earn some credibility by delivering on the projects that our participants are are investing in but also being uh, effective in making that economic case in showing there's some rigor and some genuine reason to believe Australia can be competitive further down the value chain.
0: You you mentioned earlier about uh, the potential uh, ethical and environmental uh, advantages that Australia could uh, call upon uh, to basically market itself as a supplier in these materials and these products. Uh, Can you elaborate a bit further on that?
1: Yeah, so what we're seeing, um, and and many of the mining companies report this back to the Cooperative Research Centre, As they engage with um, OEMs and vehicle makers further down the value chain to understand the value of their products and the opportunity for moving downstream. Um, Consistently, particularly out of Europe, there is a real focus on being able to demonstrate the sustainability credentials and material that's being produced. Now, Australia should be well positioned in this regard. We've got a a well-developed regulatory system. We have the capability of giving customers for our materials confidence that materials that are exported from Australia are environmentally, socially and ethically produced. Now, that's an important advantage. Um, It brings, uh, it certainly is attracting the attention of many of the European um, customers for battery materials. And so I think some of the work that we're doing within the Cooperative Research Centre is how can we uh, leverage that interest. What are the certification schemes, the life cycle analysis that's necessary to substantiate Australia's claims of being a premium destination and a premium source of these products? And how can we prove the provenance? How can people have confidence further down the supply chain that the material they're purchasing? actually came from Australian production mm. and wasn't, uh, uh, you know, is not part of a broader laundry of materials, mm. which has gone in. So um, so we can see that opportunity. Um, at the very least, I think we're going to get preference in markets like Europe because of those
0: credentials.
1: And I think some of our participants would have confidence that we could earn a premium in as well.
0: Mm. The report concludes that uh, Australia, if Australia gets this right... We could attract a large uh, economic opportunity, attract investment and create uh, thousands of jobs. Uh, Stedman, how optimistic are you about us being able to pull this off?
1: Look, I I think the uh, very optimistic. Um, There are some unique uh, features which are coming into play, I think, at the moment. I think, you know, post-COVID, I think in terms of our policymakers, there's a fresh look at um, how we re-energise our economy and how we transition our energy system. So I think that opportunity really gives us some confidence that we can compete with other countries in terms of the policy settings. And the level of industry interest uh, that we're receiving to participate in the CRC's projects is very strong. Um, There's a real collaborative nature to the endeavour to move downstream because if you want to make it to advanced battery materials manufacture, you need the the lithium companies, you need the nickel companies, you need potentially the manganese or purified alumina company. So you need everyone to come together. It lends itself to collaboration and there's a compelling commercial case to move downstream. It's, It's a very different sector in that regard than, for example, iron ore. Or oil and gas, where most of the value occurs upstream, mm. and the closer you know an iron ore case, the closer you get to steel making, the lower the margins and the more competitive it gets. Um, in the battery value chain, there are significant economic drivers for the industry to want to move downstream. They need they need a vehicle for collaboration. The Cooperative Research Centre is seeking to find it. They need the uh, the credentials that will give. Um, customers around the world confidence that we can do more than simply be a source of raw materials and the scale of what's going on. Um, you know, if any if any of your listeners heard any of the reports coming out of uh, Tesla's 2020 Battery Day, um, you know, ambition and scale is everything. Um, you know, it's uh, from gigawatt to terawatt. You um, you know uh, within a decade tesla are proposing an 80-fold increase in their production of lithium-ion batteries mm. so the demand we know is there we know it's growing fast we know australia has got some natural advantages that should be able to leverage we just need to help the industry participants um, get on a level playing field demonstrate their technical capability uh, and work together to actually um, really leverage our way up the value chain.
0: Mm. Exciting times. Uh, Stedman Ellis, thank you so much uh, for your time in the program today. It's a pleasure to speak to you. Thank you, Mark. <laughs>